What's up, everybody? Welcome to another GD podcast. I'm your host, Guy DeMarco. Sorry it's been so long. Life has been hectic, which we'll get into a little bit. As promised, we are doing the budget and finance podcast at the moment. We're going to be discussing the factors that I consider when building my monthly budget and how I kind of all got started on this. So go ahead, hang in, stay tuned, and see what we got. All right, thanks for tuning in. So to catch you guys up, here's what's happened. So we had the Thanksgiving show that was recorded on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. I was on my way up to Alabama, if you don't remember. Came back, kid was pulling on his ears, didn't feel well, didn't feel right. Uh, Had a temperature, therefore we took him to urgent care. They were closed, ended up taking him over to the hospital, to the ER. Turns out, had an ear infection all day. Take him over there, get him squared away, everything's kosher. Fast forward 10 days, take him in for his follow-up after the medication had run its cycle, still pulling on his ears, still not feeling well, turn around, and we're like, hey, he's been drinking a lot more sippies lately, he's been going through diapers left and right, he's been peeing the bed, XYZ, do we have any under, uh, any thoughts on what this could be? Turns out, uh, yes. So they measured his ketones via a urine sample, try and get a three and a half year old to pee in a cup, it's quite difficult. And then um, did a finger poke. Turns out his blood sugar was 437. So they immediately told us that we're going to the ER located directly across the street. Get checked in there. Did another blood glucose test. Still uh, in the high fours. So they turn around and they transport us over to Sacred Heart Children's Hospital in Pensacola, Florida. Where I stayed from Thursday night through Monday afternoon and learned all about type 1 diabetes for a a three-and-a-half-year-old. Now, I'm not looking for sympathy or anything else like that, but just say it's been hectic. So, uh, we didn't end up uh, finding this out till the 12th of December. I was supposed to do a 15th December finance podcast, obviously, that went six sheets to the wind, um, because we've been focusing on the boy. He's doing better. We were getting his blood sugar and whatnot under control and figuring it out and making sure that we're we're taking care of number one, which is the uh, the family household. But now that Christmas has come and gone and everybody's stable and everything is back to as normal as my life gets, uh, January 1st coming up here shortly, I need to do the budget. So that's what we're going to dive into That's a very quick snapshot on the hecticness that has ensued our our family over the last couple of weeks. So without any further ado, we're going to hop in to some good old finances. All right, so the origin story. I've always um, liked money, used money, XYZ, always enjoyed spending money. I'm more of a free spirit when it comes to spending money. I'll spend money on um, having a good time, drinks with friends, XYZ. But I've always gone back and figured out what I spent for the month instead of figuring out what I'm going to spend for the month. Um, 
<clears throat> this really came to a head as far as uh, finances goes and, and how we got onto the track that we're on now was during my uh, extended uh, extended TY out to uh, the Middle East and my wife and I were having some difficulties um, communicating through our finances. She was helping out a friend and uh, I was not understanding the finances or the spending habits that were occurring and this, that, the other thing. And I said, you know what? I need to I need to find something that's going to work for for us. So I hopped online, went on the old Google machine and did, you know, personal finance budgeting and the first name that picked up was uh Dave Ramsey. Now, if you're not familiar with Dave Ramsey, uh this is a gentleman that has at one time had a net worth of a million dollars and uh had it all in real estate. He's had his real estate license since he was 18 years old out in Tennessee, and he built a million-dollar financial empire of real estate, and then when banks changed hands, they called his short-term 90-day notes, and he went completely bankrupt and has since then built a financial empire of helping other people, very much like myself, understand uh finances understand the relationship money has in our lives and how to tell money what to do instead of wondering where it went. So I found Dave Ramsey on this extended TY and got really jazzed up. I uh, definitely drank the Kool-Aid and went full hoss on it. Um, I came back in early February, signed up for Financial Peace University, which is his both in-person and uh, online training that you can go through. It's about nine weeks long. You meet once a week and you learn all about finances between how to build a budget, uh, the relationship with debt and wealth accumulation, uh, how to go about making cash purchases, how to communicate with your spouse, and if you're not in a relationship, how you can communicate with an accountability partner to ensure that when you do have those impulse buys that you can call your accountability partner and they can kind of talk you off the ledge of buying that new truck or that new car, in my case, a new gun, right? So the wife and I went through this program and we both drank the Kool-Aid. Um, we did everything that uh, he said, you know, like uh, in reference to the baby steps, which I'll cover here in a minute. But through this program, we both got on the same page. It opened up communication about finances and what our priorities are um, with our money, whether it be, you know, getting out of debt or saving up for a new large purchase or putting money towards our retirement, putting money towards the kids' college fund. Now, when we started this process, we were not um, we were not pregnant with our first child. Um, we didn't start this. We started this in April of fifteen, and we didn't become pregnant until the end of October, November timeframe of uh, fifteen. So we definitely had uh, some time to to figure some things out, but we 
uh, follow the baby steps, and the baby steps are as follows. Step one is to save $1,000 as a starter emergency fund. Now, you think $1,000, is that really going to be, is that an emergency, if, is that a true emergency fund if, if life really does happen and things get crazy? No, but you know what, if you need to replace a tire on your truck, or if, you know, you need to have a repairman come out and fix something within your house, uh, $1,000 is probably going to take care of that. So we saved up that $1,000, we already had it, we had some leftover TDY money, and went and saved that $1,000, and then we had to take... And move on to step two. Baby step two is paying off all commercial debt, excluding your house, first. So you save $1,000, and then you pay off all commercial debt as fast as you can. Now, what's commercial debt? So think about your payday loans, your credit cards, your student loans, your car payments, your financed washer and dryer, your financed lawnmower, your, you know, your, your Amex card, your, you know, Bank of America, Chase, USAA, whoever you have. So credit cards, student loans, hospital bills, whatever that may be. If it's not, if it's a debt and it's not your house, you're going to pay it off in baby step two. So Adrian and I had 45,000, uh, like $126 in debt. And that was between credit cards and uh, the cars, uh, my truck and her and her Volkswagen. Um, so we started attacking it. If I got a, if I got a yearly bonus, uh, we threw it at it. Um, I still had to plan and account for other TDYs. So we had like a small TDY fund that I would use to go TDY and make sure that I didn't incur any unnecessary expenses while I was out TDY. I made sure that uh, I was eating within the, the given per diem and all that fun stuff. So we paid off the $45,000 in 21 months. Now $45,000 in 21 months is a lot of money. Um, we were making well over our payments. Now to get to get through that, what you basically have to do, or what we did and what is recommended is you use the debt snowball. And basically, you line up all of your debts, uh, lowest amount owed to highest amount owed. So ours was in the ballpark of like uh, $500, $2,000, $4,000, $16,000, and uh, $20,000, something like that. So we paid minimum payments on all of the larger debts, regardless of interest rate, and then we attacked the small ones. So that $500 was gone in the first month. So we paid that $500 off, and then we rolled everything extra towards the $2,000 debt, even the minimum payment for the original $500 debt. So in month one, we paid off one credit card and took a, gi a giant chunk out of the second credit card. Now, we did that through, you know, using the plane, using the baby steps, and we continued that. So by the end of it, we had taken the 500, the 2,000, the 4,000, and took all those minimum payments um, of $100, $50, $200, whatever. So we're making that minimum payment plus whatever we can take out of our budget 
as far as additional monies, and we are putting it towards the principal. We're making the minimum payment, but then we're also making a principal payment on top of that to knock down that balance even faster, and that's reducing the interest charge and everything else like that. So finally, when we get down to the Volkswagen, we're making almost fifteen to seventeen hundred dollar a month payments towards that vehicle. And that thing got paid off pretty quick, which was awesome. I made the final payment and that was out of my uh uh I bonused in my in my job. So I bonused and was able to put about mm, seven thousand dollars and just pay the car off right then, which was an awesome feeling. Um and that was in uh <clears throat> so that was twenty 2015, 16, like the beginning of uh, the beginning of 17, I believe it was, or beginning of 16. Um, I got my dates all confused. Uh, yeah, it was it was 16, late 16. I think it was uh, the end of October is when that happened. <clears throat> uh, super awesome feeling. So from there, what we did was um, we completed step two, which is paying off all your commercial debt, and we moved into baby step three, which is building. <clears throat> three to six months of an emergency fund. So we we don't necessarily go back to step one, but we take the money that was in step one, that $1,000, and now we build it up to three to six months of living expenses. Well, okay, smart guy, how do you figure out what three to six months of your living expenses are? Well, that's kind of easy. All you do there is you basically build your budget that you've already been living on and then add up all the money that it would take you know, if you were to cut everything to scorched earth, this is scorched earth. This is a real emergency. You lose your job, medical, something happens to where all you can do is literally put food on the table, you know, keep a roof over your head, keep power, keep water, things like that. Your four walls. And that's all you're going to pay, like gas in the vehicle, insurance, things like that, that are going to continue to, uh, be productive to go out there and, and hunt something down and bring it home. So we uh, we built up step three. That took a little bit of time. And then we moved into uh, baby step four, which is investing 15% of your household income to retirement. Now, this is where you can definitely, it gets a little confusing whether you're a government employee, uh, military, or you're a civilian, whether what options you have. What I can say is getting with a professional um investment professional is probably the smartest thing that you can do in this step for steps four and five. Uh, get with a professional. I'm not going to say what is best um, for anybody. I just know what we are doing. We're actually taking advantage of Roth IRAs outside of the government retirement uh, option, which is the thrift savings plan. It's very much like the for it's the 401k for military and government employees. Um, we are contributing to it, but not a full set amount. What we're doing is we're contributing a large portion of our income to the Roth IRAs, both mine and my wife's. And then we are putting the remainder to get us up to the 15% into the TSP. So, um, yeah, we're, we're making sure that we are, putting enough money in there to um, meet our 15% for household income. Now, some people ask, is that pre-tax? Is that post-tax? 
I don't really matter. I just I just know what I'm going to make for the year. Therefore, I go ahead and put 15% of that uh, pre-tax number. That way, you know, I, I can't have too much money at retirement, right? Um, so we go from there. And then step five is uh, saving for kids' college. Uh, college student loan debt is out of this world at this point. Uh, 1.6% trillion dollars in student loan debt for degrees that don't really guarantee you a job. Um, so we're saving for our kids' college to ensure that they won't go into college debt and they won't be paying back student loans well into their 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, we are going to try and uh, pay for their college education prior to them ever reaching that age. Um, and that's if they want to go to college, they might want to go to some type of vocational school, learn to be a welder, a truck driver, whatever. Uh, we're going to use it for their higher education and call it good. And then our next step is baby step six, which is paying off the house. So how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So do I need to be making, you know, do I need to go get a second job, third job, fourth job, XYZ to go and try and pay off my house as fast as I can? No, but I'm very deliberate in what I've been doing to try to put extra money that we have coming in towards the house, such as if I bonus this year, I'm going to be taking a check or a portion of that check and putting it towards the house. Why? Because if I can pay my house off, that just means that it's one less debt that I've got and it's one step closer to financial freedom which I'm already pretty financial free right now. The only thing that I owe any money on in this world is my house. And I'm, I've got a plan to pay that off. So step six is paying off the house early. And you can use amortization tables. And if your payment is $1,100 and you put it to $1,150 or whatever, yes, it'll pay your house off after, faster. Or you pay your 30-year like a 15. Hey, I get it. Money's tight. Um... We're in an awesome economy right now, but that may not last forever. So I don't know. That's going to be on you guys to decide what you want to do with that. And then step seven. Step seven, when you're completely debt-free, you don't have credit cards, you don't have a house payment, you don't owe anybody in the world anything, that's when you can go ahead and live and give outrageously. So that's when you can load up your retirement. That's where you can bless other people, whether it be, you know, paying somebody's electric bill um, without them knowing it for, you know, somebody in your, your housing complex that may, may be on hard times or you pay for that mom with six kids, you know, running around Walmart. If you just pay for her groceries without, you know, batting an eyelash at it, you know, those are some of the things that I hope to do um, once I'm in a financial free state. I plan on uh, doing a lot of giving a lot of sharing and a lot of mentoring with uh, with some individuals, and that's kind of my goal. I'm already in a spot where I get to mentor right now, and it's uh, it's pretty awesome. So those are the baby steps, uh, one through seven. Save $1,000, pay off commercial debt, build a three- to six-month emergency fund, invest 15% of your household income, and then save for your kid's college, pay off the house early, and then give and invest generously, right? So those are the steps. And we are currently on steps four, five, and six. We are paying off our house. We're investing 15% and we're saving for our kids' college. So 
let's get into the actual meat and potatoes of budgeting, right? So there's this thing called zero-based budgeting. I'm going to adjust my mic. Bear with me for just a second. There we go. Let's see if I can get it a little bit closer to my face while I look at my computer. All right, hopefully that's a little bit better. So I've been sitting here looking at this just bar run across the computer because I'm recording at the moment. It helps if I have my mouse in the right direction. But there's a thing called zero-based budgeting zero-based budgeting. And basically what that means is every dollar has an assignment every month. And when that dollar has an assignment every month, you are telling it what to do, where to go, how to be, basically. So, for example, if I have, you know, a thousand dollars come in for a month, right? Now that's not realistic, but that's, as our example, you know, my rent is you know, 400. So I'm going to allocate 400. That leaves me 600 left. I need 300 for food. You know, I need 100 for electricity, 100 for uh, vehicle insurance, fuel, maintenance, XYZ. I'm going to continue to place funds into my budget where at the very end, I equal zero. Now I don't want to go negative because that's kind of where people get into the spend more than you have, right? So we use zero-based budgeting. That's how we go about budgeting the expenses for our household. And I'm going to hop into Excel and show you what that's like. So I'm a pretty open dude. Um, we're just going to base the month of January's budget off of approximately what we made last month which was the pay, the paycheck on the uh, first of the month was 28.40 and the second was 28.40. Now it plus or minuses a couple bucks here or there based on hours and pay and everything else like that. So my monthly budget, I use an Excel spreadsheet to track all this stuff on. Um, if you guys hit me up at my email, or hit me up on social medias, I can zip this over to you guys with a rough explanation. Now, I'm looking at my expense plan for January. I know that my mortgage payment is $1,100, so that's at the top, because I'm going to take care of all of my required bills for the month off the bat. So mortgage, $1,100, internet, $130, cable, $106, God, I want to get rid of that phone is in there electricity now electricity is a little on the tricky side right because you don't necessarily know how much you're spending here where i live northwest florida the power company actually gives you a rough estimation on what your power usage is and then what your projected bill is so my projected bill is anywhere between 160 and 180 for this month so what i'm going to do is i'm going to increase that uh by about 10% and just put it at 200 and I'm going to budget $200 for the month of January. Now I've already received my water bill and I know what that's going to be. So I'm just going to go ahead and plug that number in there, $73. And then I account for any subscriptions that I have. So subscription to Altus shooting solutions, the range there, that's 45 bucks a month. Boom. Got that in there. Got my Roth IRA in there. The two 529s, brokerage fund, 
We got our car insurance in there. Vehicle fuel. Uh, this is one that is definitely a little on the trickier side to figure out what your spending pattern is. Uh, we tried to use the cash envelopes, which I'll talk about in a minute or two. I've tried to use those and figure out, you know, how do I spend cash with with envelopes? It was extremely difficult and it wasn't very practical, so we stopped doing it. And now we just use the debit cards and then we track the amount spent. And then we come back and we plug it into our budgeting software. So about $350 for fuel for the month. I know that the wife, uh, to and from the grocery store, me to work every day, one or two trips here or there, uh, is about $350 for fuel for the month. Um, you can also kind of average that out over the last few months if you look through your bank statements and add up all the fuel uh, stops and, and charges, you can figure out what you were actually spending on fuel and kind of budget it out and bracket it out that way. Obviously, people, if you're going to take a trip, uh, being New Year's, the holiday seasons, Thanksgiving, travel, road trips, things like that, um, going to see family, those are things that you may need to account for and bump up that, uh, that budget line item a little bit more. I've also got car maintenance in there, $50, and that goes into a sinking fund. Now, a sinking fund is simply a area where we put uh, money in reserve for small things. We know that the vehicle is going to need a new set of tires. We know that, you know, a windshield wiper or a brake light might go out, right? So we have these sinking funds in our envelope system where we just add to that fund continuously every month. All right, so the car fund, license, and registration fund. I used to break this one down into a monthly allotment, but we just pay those as they come up. Uh, now, we have a date night and a dining out fund, um, two separate funds, and those get filled with $100 each month. Uh, groceries. So now that the oldest child is uh, T1D, type 1 diabetic, um, it's a new, new slang on the streets. Um, he, one, was already a picky eater due to his sensory issues and his autism. Now, given that he needs to eat an even more comprehensive diet slash carb counting and everything else like that, we need to increase the grocery budget. So for the month of January, what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and plug in uh, $650. Now, um, we are a family of four and we've been getting by on, uh, 500. So I'm going to bump it up to 650 and see what I can get away with as far as doing a high ballpark and a low ballpark. I know that 500, we ran out of money, um, for groceries in December already. And we're kind of dipping into our, oh crap, we're out of money grocery fund, uh, that we have, um, call it a slush fund for uh, unexpected events such as this. Not necessarily emergency fund because that's for real emergencies, but this is kind of like our slush fund for when things go haywire, All right? So we're going to bump that up from $500 to $650. Next, we're going to go over to some of the other categories. We got Christmas fund. Christmas is in December every year, guys. We know that. It's on the 25th. Put it on your calendar. You should probably start saving for Christmas early. So we put $50 a month into the Christmas fund. That's what we buy family presents with, ourselves presents with, uh, 
We pay for shipping out of that. We pay for the kids' stuff out of that. Everything that we do Christmas-related as far as gifts comes out of the Christmas fund. $50 a month, uh, 12 months at $600. $600 for Christmas with two families and shipping. It's totally doable. You just got to be thoughtful and possibly make a budget for Christmas on what you're going to spend per person. And then we have, um, we call it blow money. No, it's not, it's not yayo, it's not cocaine, it's the walking around money. If I want to go to lunch with the boys and uh, go eat at Whataburger or whatever, I need some money to go ahead and do that with. So I have some walking around money, it's uh, $100 a month, the wife has some walking around money, $150 a month. Um, the kid fund is not money for them to spend because they're too young. But it is money for diapers, um, uh, their probiotics, wipes, baby powder, lotion, new clothes, shoes, you name it. It's coming out of the kid fund. We found great success with the Kirtland brand diapers from uh, Costco. And the only reason we have a Costco membership is for the diapers. So we go ahead and we put money into a joint bank account that we have that is exclusively made for online purchases and it's not connected to our standard checking account. And this is where we do buy our diapers from. This is where we pay for vehicle tags and things like that. Um, that way we can just put the money that we need into it and then execute the purchase from there. We also have a clothing budget line for each one of us, myself and Adrian. Um, I'm good on clothes right now. Um, if Adrian needs anything, she will, uh, she will let me know. We've got the pet fund, so dogs need to eat too. They also need uh, any type of medications or anything like that. So that's another sinking fund that we have. Uh, miscellaneous, if there was things coming up in the month um, back when we lived in California, if we knew that the Costa Mesa gun show was coming up, we would allocate about $40 for that, and that would be our parking and our entrance fees to get into the show. And that's how we would do that. We just put it in the miscellaneous fund or we put it in uh, entertainment or something like that. We do have a vacation fund that is another sinking fund. So if we need to go rent a hotel for something or anything else like that, this is uh, the line item that gets filled with that. We do have a line item for one of our large financial mistakes, uh, Wyndham Hotels uh, timeshare. It went up from $83 to $90 uh, a month this year. So we are, uh, currently have a sinking fund going to that so we can hopefully get out of that timeshare. Um, but the monthly dues are $90 a month. So we're putting a little bit extra into a sinking fund to hopefully save up and get out of that. Uh, we got a line item for my haircuts. Um, and that's not only haircuts, but hair product. I use Suavecito hair cream. I use Suavecito styling pomade. So I have a budget for those items. We also have an entertainment budget of $20, and we will buy a movie on iTunes or something like that. Now that they have Disney+, Plus, we actually backed it down from $40 to $20 uh, because now the kids can watch all the kids' movies they want, but I still want to watch, you know, John Wick 3 and all that cool guy stuff. So we'll buy them um, and we buy those movies through iTunes and then they just stay in the library and we can watch them when we want. Uh, also, we have a budget for $10 for water and this is the five gallon like 
Culligan water jugs that I go to the grocery store and fill up. So we get 10 bucks a month for that. Uh, National Rifle League 22 edition, my dues uh, for submitting the scores as well as uh, the purchase of ammo and shipping for each month. I've got that money in there budgeted in. Adrian's monthly nail appointment is budgeted in. My Dollar Shave Club. Uh, this month, we, uh, the month of December, we were hit with a couple of extra um, expenses, such as SunPass here in Florida to go over a couple of the bridges and use some of the express bypasses. Um, you need to have a SunPass. We haven't had one, and they kept hitting us with the overage fees and not, you know, just sending us a bill, so I broke down and purchased that. Also, our Amazon Prime subscription kicked in, so that was uh, $80. Um, so there went that. And then uh, finally had to break down and get a subscription to Microsoft. I'm looking for the free software for the um, home use through the, uh, through the DOD home use program. I'm going to pick that up. That way we can drop that subscription. So there you have it. Um, if I did all the math right, and by math I mean all of the cells calculated properly, my budget, my monthly take-home income should be um, $5,680, and everything added up is $5,692. So I'm $12 off, so I need to find a spot where I can take out $12, and I'm just going to do that out of my haircut fund. Um, I'll take $12 out of that. I'll drop it from 60 to 48 and we'll be good to go there. The reason I know I can take it out of my haircut fund right off the bat is I have, uh, I know that I'm good on hair product for a while, so I don't necessarily need it. Now for you guys are saying, Oh, well, how do I know how much, you know, I work hourly or I work on commission or X, Y, Z, just take the, the last three months average out how much your take-home pay was, and then base it off of that. That's what I would do if I was in that situation. I'm pretty fortunate to uh, have a pretty steady paycheck coming in, so um, or a regular paycheck, knowing exactly how much I'm going to be paid on a uh, bi-weekly basis, the 1st and the 15th. So I've accounted for all of my monthly expenses. Now I need to go into... Uh, the cash flow of it, right? There's two pay periods. I can't pay for everything on the first first of the month. So I kind of break things up a little bit. And on a separate tab, I have what we call the cash flow tab. I know what bills come out on the first and what bills come out on the 15th. And I've kind of broken it out that way. I know that on the first, I'm going to be paid $2,840 on the first. So my mortgage is going to come out of that. The phone, we're going to set fuel aside for that so 175 for fuel if we did any savings i could do it in i could do it in this area sorry i was double checking some numbers uh adrian uh part of her blow fund is 75 dollars uh we have 20 for the movie the brokerage for the uh, retirement altus shooting solutions comes out on the first um Adrienne's time, which is her monthly nail appointment, she gets that on the uh, she gets that money on the first. 
the NRL 22 is on the first. Um, we also have Dollar Shave Club, and then I'm going to go ahead and remove the Amazon because we're not paying for that this month. All right, and then we're going to come down to the 15th. We're going to check everything, make sure everything looks right. Wyndham, Adrian, boom, boom, boom. Okay, so everything looks right. So after all of the bills and all that stuff is paid, we have a total of $1,466 that um, we have for some of our cash envelopes. Now you're like, okay, guy, what are these cash envelopes you keep talking about? Well, basically what happens is on the 1st and the 15th, I go ahead and I transfer money into a local bank and then I go in, I go and I withdraw that money from the bank and then we split it into envelopes. And then whenever we go somewhere, say we go to the grocery store and we run through the line, we get the groceries for the next two weeks, we put $250 in the envelope and it comes out to $240, boom, we're good. We have $10 left over, right? But if I put that $250 in the envelope and then we go shopping and we get a little careless and it ends up to be $255, well, well, we're over. We can't spend $255 because we only have $250. So our only option is to decide what we really need and put something back. Now, this may seem super embarrassing to have to put something back at the grocery store. And I can honestly tell you, it is super embarrassing because when we first started out, I did not budget enough for the two of us. Mind you, it was just the two of us. Um, and our grocery budget used to be $400, right? So $400 for groceries and here I am and I, uh, first time we go grocery shopping, boom, tried it out, did not work. We did not have enough money. So sure enough, we put money back or we put groceries back. Now, was it a huge deal in the long scope of things? No. But at the moment, it was super embarrassing. I think we put back like a 12-pack soda, a couple bags of chips, you know, some other random stuff that we had just like, you know, willy-nilly walking through Walmart and just ran random stuff just shows up in your cart. I, I swear they got like a gnome running around there just dropping things in your cart, making you think that you got to have it. But what that taught us is self-control. We need to have self-control when, when we go to the grocery store. We need to make sure that we make a list and we follow the list. And if it's not on the list, we really have to evaluate whether it needs to go in the cart or not. I mean, that happened today. We ran out to the grocery store. We needed some things for the kids, right? We needed fruit, the strawberries. We needed uh, bacon. Now, it seems weird that why do you need bacon for the kids? Well, because he's a type 1 diabetic, he needs, he can only have so many carbs. So he needs fatty and uh fatty proteins to help carry the insulin that we inject into him throughout his body. Science, 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 blah, blah, blah. The kid loves bacon. He'll actually eat it based on the sensory and everything else like that. Therefore he, the kid gets bacon when he, when he wants bacon. Um, so long story short, we needed, we needed some bacon. We needed to get uh, some strawberries and one or two other things. So we made a list If it wasn't on the list. We weren't getting it. And Lo and behold, we go to check out and there's something in the cart that wasn't there on our list. And we really had to evaluate it if we were going to actually get it or not. So um, 
even though we've been doing this for a while, it still takes a little bit of self-control, a little bit of practice to actually stay steadfast and sticking to the budget and sticking to the actual program that we have selected to to stick to. All right. So now that I've I've done the cash flow for there and I need to put these into envelopes. So I've got it broken down the first pay period and the second pay period. Um, on the first pay period, I have $1,060 to work with. And on the second, I have mm, 300-ish, 400-ish dollars to play with. So what I'll end up doing is I will put in the Christmas fund and I will put in my uh, fund money, the kid fund, date night, dining out, groceries. We ended up increasing that, so I need to figure out what that is going to be. I believe it's going to be three and a quarter, if I'm not mistaken. 325. Let's see what that did. I'm a little bit of a Excel nerd, therefore, yep, three and a quarter. So three and a quarter there, and we'll put three and a quarter down here. Make that easy. Okay, so we got that, we got that. Uh, Chris, car, pet, vacation, water, house. Did I have house on the list? It's a great question. House repair. Um, yep, sure did. All right, house repair is just another category. You know, light bulb burns out, need to replace the air handling, filters, things like that. So I'm up to 965. Okay, what else can I include? All right, let's stick with 965 for that. 965. Okay, so now I need $501. Okay, there we go. Now we're all balanced out. So now, one of the most important things that I'm going to do is I'm going to actually print this off and I'm going to take it over to the wife and she's going to look it over. And if she has any corrections that she may want to make to the budget, she's going to make those corrections or make those suggestions. This is just a template. Um, we are a team and therefore we're going to look at this uh, evenly and fairly across the board and be like, you know, well... Um, you know, I don't need one one fifty this month for my fund. You can drop it down to one forty instead of taking money out of your haircut fund or or whatever. Whatever the discussion ends up being, that can be the discussion that's had, and then we can go from there. And uh, we already know that marriage is a partnership and a team a teamship, um, and decisions shouldn't be made alone. So definitely getting your, your spouse, your partner's input on the budget is definitely important. So I'll print this out and I'll run this past her um, to see what she thinks about it, what she thinks about the uh, grocery fund going up to 650 as a trial period to see if that's enough, gas at 350 her fund, all these other items 
see what she thinks of them, uh, and if it'll be okay from there. Uh, once she signs off on it, like we both agree that this is what we're going to spend for the month, and then we execute it. I'll go to the bank, I'll transfer money, I'll pull money out, I'll split it and put it in the envelopes, I'll do all the I'll do all the logistical legwork and then we as a team stick to it and then we go from there. And then uh, secondary, so I can't carry my Excel spreadsheet with me at all times and input the data and everything else like that. So I want to talk to you about an app that is out there. And for those that are more technology driven, this may really help you. The app is called Every Dollar. Why? Because we're going to assign every dollar a name and a location where to go for the month, right? This is put out by Ramsey Solutions. It's The app was created by Dave Ramsey. There's two versions. There's the free version, which is what I use. It, it works perfectly for me. And then there is the paid version, and I think it's like $100 for the year um, or something like that. And let me see. I'll click on Try Plus. Um, free trial, uh, try free and subscribe, or free 14-day trial or $129 for the year. Okay, and be like, well, if I'm trying to save money, why would I uh, pay for it? Great question. I still run the free version because I'm cheap, but the paid version can connect to your bank, and then anytime you swipe your card, Instead of having to go in here and manually enter the information, it'll say, you know, ExxonMobil, $50. You can literally just drag and drop that straight into your your gas budget line item that you build in here. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's called Every Dollar. You can find it on the Apple Store. You can find it on Google, whatever Google uses, right? You can go from there. So... My budget in this mirrors my budget on Excel. So I've got what I'm getting paid. I've got gas, oil, retirement, 529s, everything like that. You can put in, if you're still paying off debt, you can put in the information in there on how much you're paying off and what your what your debts are, and it can help track your debts. You can build your profile, everything else like that. And you can build all of that information in the app. And then you do that from a desktop for the first time when you sign in and create an account. And then I do it every month from my phone from there on out just because it's so much easier and it's faster uh, for me to do so. So I really like the app. It really helps me. Plus, the wife can log into it as well. And we can share the same app. That way, if she goes out and gets gas, she can literally just boom upload that same information directly into the the application just put boom exxon 40 bucks filled up the van and boom we're tracking it we're on the same page and then i don't have to like go and look through receipts and look through the bank account and do all this other crazy random stuff right i can just boom i can see it right away everything's taken care of so that's budgeting guys um a lot of people ask me you know, uh, my advice, my advice on finances or, or budgeting. Cause you know, I don't hide the fact that I'm debt free. I don't hide the fact, uh, that I'm a, I'm a Dave fan. Um, a Dave fan, a Chris Hogan fan, Rachel Cruz, um, Christy Wright, Seth Godin, like 
I, I'm pretty heavily podcasted because uh, I don't read a lot. Um, hashtag kids. Um, I don't read a lot, so I listen to a lot of podcasts. So uh, I'm very well listened in the podcast realm of uh, personal finance, retirement, uh, contentment, things like that, all the things that people at the Ramsey Group speak of. So people often ask, you know, for my advice, what what I would do or how I did it or what advice do I have? And I literally just loan them my uh, total money makeover book and tell them to uh, to read a couple pages, read a couple chapters and see if uh, if they want more information. Um, I've coached a couple people on it, but people always ask me, they're like, how are you able to um, do some of the things you do? Like, how are you able to purchase a new gun or how are you able to purchase that scope or what, what did you do to, to X, Y, Z. And I tell him, I was like, well, I don't owe anybody any money except my house. And even that bugs me. I mean, that's $1,100 a month. I could totally be filling up my retirement, filling up my kids, 529s and, uh, educational saving accounts so much faster. If I didn't have that payment, I could be, I could be doing more. I could be donating to causes that I believe in. I could be, you know, traveling more. I could not be so worried about, you know, property taxes or whatever it may be. I'd just be less stressed with with less payments. I'm way less stressed now that I don't have any consumer debt. So that's what I tell people is, you know, you'd be surprised what kind of weight comes off your shoulders when you're not worried about, you know, oh, my kid just got type 1 diabetes and now I got to pay for insulin and I got to pay for medical supplies for the rest of rest of his life. Oh, by the way, I also have a $70,000 truck in the driveway that has a $900 car payment. Not that I have a $70,000 truck in the driveway. God, no. But, you know, um, through this program, I, I am walking the baby steps. You know, when I did go to the pharmacy and I picked up his initial prescription, it was $225. That's a lot of coin. Like I don't care who you are. Two hundred fifty is still two hundred fifty dollars. So, you know, I just whipped out the debit card and just used the emergency fund right there. Because at that point, you know, that is a that is an emergency. Um, did I go back and and work some stuff around and move some stuff around because I'm a little liquid with um, with my assets? that I can just move money and refill the emergency fund right off the bat. Sure. Like it's already done taken care of. Like that money went right back. It just got pulled from a different account. We covered it and you know, we didn't blink an eye. Like the kid needed his medicine. The kid got his medicine. That's my job as a parent is to make sure that he's got what he needs. If I wasn't in a position, a financial position to do so, I might've made a dumber decision. I could have like applied for a credit card or, you know, gone and had to, to, to pawn some stuff or get rid of some stuff, you know, be stressed out about how I'm going to come up with the funds to provide for my family. And I'm just really thankful and, uh, happy that I don't have to do that. Not that there's anything wrong with pawn anything. I pawn stuff all the time just cause I'll buy stuff and trade stuff and whatever, but I don't have to worry about, you know, putting food on the kid's table for them to eat because I got a whole bunch of bills 
for things that I didn't really need or I'm trying to impress somebody so I'm driving a $70,000 truck when a $4,000 Honda would do the trick, right? So that's what I got on budgeting, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you guys do have any questions, please hit me up. The email is in the show notes. Um, it's at hotgdrod on Instagram. It's guy.demarco on Facebook. It's guy.demarco.84 at Gmail for the email address. Hit me up on here. Let me know what you guys thought. Let me know what content you guys want to hear. If you liked uh, this type of in-depth look at personal finance, let me know. I'd be happy to do some more of it. Uh, Hopefully, here in the next few days, I'll be able to record another podcast, maybe circling around the mental health game and how that has been a part of my life a lot more recently in the fact of dealing with uh, the recent diagnosis and and how I'm handling it, the wife is handling it, what we're doing for healthy coping mechanisms. Um, so hopefully I can get that recorded in the next little while. Until then, I greatly appreciate you guys tuning in. Hit the like button, subscribe button, uh, leave us some feedback, whether it's good or bad, constructive or destructive. Just tell me what you guys thought, and hopefully we can do this again. All right. See you guys later.